There's something, there's something triumphant coming up here. There is something of unbelief. There's something not of truth. There's something not of light and life here. So let's have a little think about that. It's as though he's attempted to hide his fellow Pharisees that he's seeking Jesus out. It speaks of a sense of, you know, that sense of cover-up and, and, you know, there's elements of what Jesus has been teaching that he kind of agrees with, yet the way he's gone about it suggests unbelief. As though really he's trying to catch Jesus out, which obviously we know is quite a laughable kind of a phrase and term for us, trying to catch Jesus out. You know, here Nicodemus represents the law. He was a well-respected judge. But here he is asking Jesus questions that he should know the answer to. And Jesus' response is, in verse 10, You are Israel's teacher, and you don't understand these things. And as Lord Jesus is saying, come on, get a grip. This is supposed to be easy. And there's a sense of ignorance and unbelief. There's no life in Nicodemus. There's no true passion to really understand and catch the heart of Jesus here. It's as though Nicodemus is attempted to really quench the light, the life of Jesus. And you know, there are times in our lives where we feel like circumstances, people around us are attempting or are quenching and extinguishing the light, the life of Jesus out of us. You know those kind of conversations where you come, you, you, you kind of come away from and you feel exhausted. And it's taken so much of who you are and so much of who Jesus is inside of you. And if you fool, that's hard work. And it might feel that we're surrounded by people of unbelief and it's just getting us down. You know, but how does Jesus respond to Nicodemus in this um, situation? He speaks truth. He speaks life. And he brings light into the situation. He says in verse 5, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. So this, this kind of verse is another one that is open to um, a lot of different interpretations, in particular um, regarding the phrase born of water and Spirit. And there is uh, an obvious sense that Jesus is, is talking about baptism in water and baptism in the Spirit here. Um, but there's more. There's more to this scripture than just that. And I'm just going to spend a little time just really delving into the sense of born of water and the Spirit. What does that mean and how does that impact us today? And you know, there are a number of times throughout the Bible where um, Jesus refers to himself as living water. You know, we know that. Um, and even in John alone, um, we see quite a few uh, mentions of him saying that he's living water. Next week in John 4, one of the most obvious ones, where he has a conversation with a woman at the well. Okay? Um, he is the source of water. Um, that is just like light, a basic need to save life. Um, Caroline Lewis, in her book on a commentary on John, states how water has to do with sustenance and nurture. Really love our word nurture. And what is essential to live? You know, nurture takes time, doesn't it? To nurture something, to grow something, it takes time. It's not instant. It's not something that comes instantly. 
It's something that's developed. Yeah. So the same is true of the Spirit. In John 20, 22, the resurrected Jesus appears to the disciples and says to them, Peace be with you. And he breathes the Spirit into them. And the verb used there is emphaseo, which is the same verb that is used in Genesis 2, 7, for God's breathing his very breath into Adam. So the reference to the Spirit in John 3, 5 isn't just about baptism, but literally about becoming a child of God, a new creation, a a created, a new created identity, a rebirth that encompasses being born again anew from above. So when we find ourselves faced with unbelief, with darkness, with feelings of isolation, desperation, we have to remember the truth of who we are. The truth of who God has created and called us to be. And that is, we are new creations. We have been born from above. We have the power and authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our very breath, in our very being. We are light. And we bring life wherever we go. A week or so ago, I was putting Alyssa to bed, um, and she was using every procrastination, distraction, kind of trick in the book. She wasn't having any of it. It wasn't bedtime. I'm not tired. And this is usually when all the big philosophy questions happen, isn't it? Because they, they know. Uh, not so much a philosophy question for me. I think I would have preferred it. And one of the things she was doing was making shadows on her wall. I tempted to draw me into her game, asking, oh, what animal do you think I'm doing now, mom, and all these kinds of things. But then she brings out the question of, what is a shadow? And I'm like, oh, no, why? So anybody who knows me obviously knows I am not a scientist. I am not, I don't do numbers. I don't do science, I do words and imagery and nice things like that. Um, so I did my best, um, and then in the end I kind of said to her, ask Daddy or Lucas, and they're better than me at that kind of thing, you know, so sad state of affairs when you're nine-year-olds better at that kind of thing with you, isn't it? Um, but it's the truth. Um, but it did make you think, okay, it made you think about shadows and what they were, what their purpose was. Um, and how they can, without just really noticing, infiltrate our lives. You know, so take now, for instance, um, how many shadows are part of our everyday life that we're just accustomed to. They're everywhere. They surround us. Um, and how often do we actually take time to consider those shadows? So for those of you who, like me, haven't really thought about such things since you've done your GCSE science exams, Here's a little refresher for dummies on shadows. So number one, a shadow is a light blocked by an object. Number two, the object can block all or part of the light. Number three, shadows can change size based on how close they are to the light source. So three basic things. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. Verse 19 to 21 in John 3 tells us how darkness represents concealing the wrong that we have done. And there's a sense of hate and fear of the light because it will expose us. 
So this is the Passion Translation. And here is the basis for their judgment. The light of God has now come into the world, but the hearts of people love their darkness more than the light because they want the darkness to conceal their evil. So the wicked hate the light and try to hide from it, for their lives are fully exposed in the light. But those who love the truth will come out into the light and welcome its exposure, for the light will reveal that they, their fruitful works were produced by God. If we have accepted Jesus as Lord of our life, if we have asked him to forgive us um, of all the things that we've done wrong, if we've said sorry for messing things up and doing things our own way, then we are light bringers and light bearers. We will expose the darkness and some people won't be able to cope with that. Um, and when we say, no, I'm not going to involve myself in that conversation, it's not good. When we say, actually, no, I'm not going to spend as much time with that group of people, they're sucking the light and the life out of me. No, I'm not going to watch that TV program, it's not doing me any good. I remember as a teenager, um, I wasn't allowed to watch certain films or listen to certain music, but my dad was proper strict and harsh, to be fair. Um, to, to, but, um, I wasn't allowed to go to certain places and it, it made me feel isolated um, I felt as though I was on the edge of whatever kind of friendship group I supposedly had um, I wasn't accepted I wasn't one of the popular kids I was the one on the edge um, not allowed to do things not allowed to go here, not allowed to go there but I was, I was kind of tolerated, and you know, being just there in the background. But it kept me in the light. I didn't got, get involved in the cat fights and the falling outs, the arguments. But when the real hard stuff happened in people's lives, when their parents split up or when their siblings were seriously ill, it was me that they came to. It wasn't the inner group, the inner circle. It was me who was on the edge. Um, and even though I felt isolated and on the edge, not really in the thick of the friendship group, the light and life of God penetrated more powerfully from that perspective than if I was right in the middle. And a question for us this morning, how much of our lives is infiltrated by Jesus. How much of his life permeates through ours? Luke 11, 36 says, if our spirit burns with the light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, we will be a shining lamp, reflecting rays of truth by the way that we live. Our lives should point to Jesus. When we talk about the light, we are talking about Jesus, aren't we? Yeah. You know, who he is in us and through us. But it's our responsibility to grow his presence in our lives. It's our responsibility to check that there is nothing stopping him from being shown, from being showcased in all areas of our lives. You know, if we are casting sh shadows in our lives, then we're not allowing the light and life of Jesus to shine into every area. 
It means that something is blocking Jesus. We're not giving him full access. We're keeping him out of certain things. Is there anything in your life blocking the light of Jesus? And just while I was uh, really thinking about this um, on Friday, God has just given me five, what I believe um, is words of knowledge. So I'm just going to share these five, and it might be that none of these apply to you, but it could be something else that God is highlighting right now, that we need to change, that we need to do something about. So the first one that God said to me is holding on to career dreams and aspirations. God is trying to speak, but you're not listening. Stop and let him tell you what he wants for you. Friendship groups that you're investing a lot of time and effort into. God is saying, back off. You do not need to be in the middle of the action. You will have more impact, bring my life from the edge. Breakdown in family relationships. There's a sense of disappointment and bitterness towards God. It's created a wall between you and him. But he wants you to know he still loves you. And he wants all of you, including your trust when it comes to your family. Just think about that prophetic word that came this morning about trusting him. Emotions. There's a sense that emotions are ruling and that's an excuse for the way we have been reacting and acting in certain situations. And God is saying he's going to bring peace, but he wants you to hand them over to him. Transition. We all have seasons of transitions, but there's a real sense of fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of what next. And God is just saying, give it to me and trust me, again, that we trust in all things and through all things. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pause for a minute. So we believe that God wants to do something this morning. He wants us to respond in our hearts. If he's highlighted something specifically for you that isn't one of those five, then just give it to him and just say, God, I trust you this morning. I want you to permeate through every area of my life. you right now that we trust you. That God, as you have highlighted maybe areas where we've been put a block up, put a wall up in our lives. Maybe areas of our lives where we said, no, you're not having that bit, God. God, first and foremost, we just say we're sorry. 
that we ask for your forgiveness. And Jesus, we just say, would you come? Would you come and would you breathe your life, your light in every area of our lives? And God, we just give our everything over to you. And God, even though sometimes it's hard, we say we trust you. We trust you and we lean into you. Because we know that you've got our best at heart. That you are for us. Number, just a reminder that number three in our recap of shadows for dummies. Shadows can change size based on how close they are to the light source. The closer we are to Jesus, the more time we spend with him. Hear from him, learn from him, the smaller the shadows get. You know what I love that we get to do this together. I love that I am not in isolation because of you guys. I am I'm, I'm part of something bigger. And I love that the light in you makes the light in me burn brighter and burn longer and burn stronger. I love that when we rub shoulders, when we spend time together, when we pray for one another, when we laugh, cry, hurt, smile, hope together, Jesus shines brighter. And everybody looking in will be able to see that. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are God's chosen treasure. This is the Passion Translation again. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvellous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. I love that. It's absolutely fantastic. He did this so that you would broadcast. Because God is on the roof in this nation. Yeah. He is 
on the move in our country, in our city, and on our streets. God is on the move, and it is time to stand up and be counted. It is time to stand up and be counted. It is time to speak out the good news. We can show it, but it's time to speak it out. Because our words are so powerful. They bring conviction. They bring life. They bring God's good news. And people need to hear it. I was at a a conference um, last weekend. And and there was a lady there um, from a church in in Swansea in South Wales. And she was just a a testimony about what they're seeing um, pretty much up and down up and down rails at the moment in that they are going into situations where they're going out into the streets speaking God's word and word and people are just, yes, how do I become saved? How do I become saved? She said it's as though the fruit is just falling off the trees. Falling off the trees. And I sat there saying, come on God, I want that for within sure. I want that. So it is happening in our country. Okay? It is happening in our nation. We talk about waves of pop okay? It counts. But it's not somewhere in Africa. It's not somewhere in South America. It's happening in this tiny island that we live on. There is a change happening. The people's hearts are crying out for something. They are saying, there's got to be something more than this. When you look on the news and you're like, oh, it's death, it's destruction. There's got to be something more than this. And the answer is there is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus who is the answer. And let me show you it. Let me introduce you to it. And your life will... Oh, I can't, sorry. Your life will just be changed. Totally transformed. By him. We will not be inward looking. We're not going to be going to pull our curtains across and keep ourselves isolated from the world. We have to be those who together, not in isolation, but as family, broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. In all and there's probably something inside of you thinking, oh my god, that's, that's right. Yeah, it's really hard. I am not a natural person to go out onto the streets and tell everybody this and tell it's hard. I sit there and have the same arguments that you do when God says to you, you need to pray for that person in work. And I'm like, no, 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 no. God says yes. I do it too. And God says to me, you need to go. And I'm like, no, yes, Ria, no. And I walk away and I disobey God's voice. But there's a time coming where we cannot afford to disobey God's voice in those circumstances. Our mission is to make Jesus famous. And we make Jesus famous by allowing him into every area of our lives. And by being light and bringing his life. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Alyssa has a print on her bedroom wall and it says this. 
Just wait until you see what is possible when you shine your little light on the world. And I believe that God would say this to us this morning as a challenge. Just wait until you see what is possible when you shine not your little light, but your light on the world. Just take a minute to imagine that. See what the light of Jesus in you can do. See how he will use you to heal the sick. Because he will. How he will use you to see salvation in the supermarket, at the school gate, in the office, in the classroom. How he will use you to bring restoration of families, restoration of marriages, restoration of friendships. Be encouragers, be wisdom bringers, be peace carriers, be love bearers. Go and be Jesus.